This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Amazing, surreal, just out and out euphoria. Whatever words you want to use to describe it, go right ahead. Because Buccaneer fans, it has happened. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in Super Bowl 55 by virtue of their win on Sunday night in Green Bay, 31-26 over the Packers and completing an amazing three weekends of road playoff victory after road playoff victory after road playoff victory. Congratulations to the Bucs, and we're here to talk all about it on this program, Nothing But Bucks. Let me set the table for you because it is time to get excited about not only what this team did in Green Bay, Wisconsin, but to look ahead at what's about to happen for the first time ever where a Super Bowl team will play in its own home stadium, something that had been fantasized about really for the last 10 months, ever since Tom Brady inked with signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after leaving the New England Patriots. The theories, the thoughts, again, the fantasy of could the Buccaneers make the Super Bowl in February of 2021 in their own home stadium, Raymond James Stadium. And sure enough, now it has happened. And now we know at the time that I am recording this on Sunday night, the Kansas City Chiefs have joined the Buccaneers as the opponent. The Chiefs will go for the repeat in a rematch against the Bucs from a November win at Raymond James Stadium. The sequel now comes with the Lombardi Trophy on the line. Brady and the Buccaneers looking to get their second all-time. Brady's seventh all-time against Mahomes and the Chiefs looking for back-to-back Super Bowl wins. More on that in the coming days and the coming weeks. For right now, let's savor. Let's enjoy what we saw at Lambeau Field where the Buccaneers become the latest team, the fourth one in the 2000s to win a third consecutive road game in the same playoff season. Joining the 05 Pittsburgh Steelers, the 07 New York Giants, who, by the way, beat Green Bay in Green Bay in the overtime game at the frozen tundra, minus 10 degrees frozen tundra to beat Brett Favre and the Packers in 07. And then the Packers themselves did this, winning three times in a row in the 2010 playoffs on the road. And all three teams, Steelers, Giants, Packers, all won the Super Bowl after doing it. And now the Bucs have become the latest over the course of the last 16 seasons to pull this off. Just an incredible run, and you can't say enough. Bruce Arians, his staff, Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, Harold Goodwin, Keith Armstrong. I'm going to leave somebody out. All of his coordinators, uh, Tom Brady, those players from... Mike Evans to that offensive line to Leonard Fournette. What a pickup he has been to Shaq Barrett. Hello, Buccaneer playoff tying record three sacks. Jason Pierre-Paul, hello, two more sacks for this team. Devin White, 15 more tackles. Jason Light in the front office punching all the buttons like drafting Tyler Johnson in the mid-rounds, like going and grabbing Leonard Fournette like being able to uh, fit all these different guys in under the salary cap to make the moves that this team needed to make. Incredible job by this organization. It doesn't just happen accidentally or just because of one thing. It happened because of many things. And oh, by the way, Tom Brady. So we're going to go over the highlights here in a few moments. We've got post-game conversations with Bruce Arians as he joined us on our Hooters post-game show. You'll hear from Tom Brady about the win a 10th 
a 10th championship game win. It is ridiculous how much he has dominated championship game weekend. When you consider there's not another active player right now in the NFL that can even claim three or four of these, much less 10 of these with what he's been able to do to get to the Super Bowl over and over and over again and win six of them. So you'll hear from Tom Brady. You're going to hear from Shaq Barrett, who matched, oh, by the way, Warren Sapp's sack record with three of them of Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. And a special guest later in the podcast, that is Buccaneers radio analyst Dave Moore, 15-year veteran in the NFL, 13 with this team. He came close to being in a Super Bowl as a player in the 99 NFC title game, a game lost 11-6 when Kurt Warner and the St. Louis Rams broke the Bucks' heart with a touchdown in the final two minutes. But now we've avenged that with a Super Bowl win, closing down Veterans Stadium in the NFC title game, blowing out the Raiders, the then Oakland Raiders, in Super Bowl 37. And now here we go, 18 years later, Super Bowl 55, a win for the ages in Green Bay, a game that we will talk about no matter what happens, good, bad, or indifferent in the Super Bowl. We will talk about winning this game at Lambeau for decades and Brady winning three playoff games in a row on the road forever. If you're a Buccaneer fan in the annals and in the memories, because there's a first time for everything, you're talking about a Buccaneer team that uh, in their entire postseason existence had only won two games away from home, that being the wins over Philadelphia and Oakland 18 years ago. You've now won three in the last three weeks. How incredible is that with what this team was able to do? So we got highlights, we got interviews, Dave Moore joining me with some analysis. I want some insight on what he saw, the turning point of this game, welcoming back Vita Vea, by the way, back to the front office. A lot of people belly ached and complained about that draft pick. When you took the big defensive tackle out of Washington, he was huge coming off a broken leg, coming back to play, being activated for the first time in four months, basically, to get back out there. Vita Vea was enormous in helping this team. Again, not every not every move that Jason Light has made is going to be lauded, but, but GM swing and miss on some moves, he's gotten a lot more right. Chris Godwin, hello. Tristan Wirfs at right tackle as a first-round pick, hello. Devin White, fifth overall, when a lot of people wanted different guys in the fifth overall slot two years ago. My Lord, what a player he looks like right now as the running mate with Levante David. Uh, time and again, Carlton Davis, as good a cover corner man-to-man as there is in the NFL right now. Uh, give him a lot of credit as a second-round pick. Jason Light making all these moves. Go get the kicker, Ryan Suckup, who hasn't missed a field goal, I don't know, in like a couple of months. Every money kick that needs to be made. Go sign Bradley Pinion, who's such a weapon kicking off and punting the ball. This stuff didn't happen by accident, folks. You know, go get Leonard Fournette off the waiver wire before anybody else can off the Jacksonville Jaguars. Thank you so much to the Jaguars and that complete disorganized uh, comedy hour in North Florida to to give Leonard Fournette away to anybody without even getting a draft pick for him is just comedy. And the Buccaneers see the guy now get not one, not two, but three straight touchdowns in the three postseason games and a man-sized run that you're going to hear the highlight from in a few moments. All right, so let's get to it. 
Let's get to the highlights. We'll get to the interviews. We'll get to Dave Moore. It is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Hopefully, by the way, as we get to these highlights, you've already subscribed. If you have not, if you found us on a social media link through Buccaneers.com, through my social media at Bucks Sideline Guy on Facebook, etc., subscribe to the podcast. Bucks mobile app, Apple Podcast, wherever you get the podcast, go find Nothing But Bucks, and it will come automatically to you as we're now in the recap mode. And we'll probably have some special programming as well prior to Super Bowl 55. Certainly a Super Bowl recap podcast. Subscribe to Nothing But Bucks. Please do so. With that out of the way, let's get to the matchup, the showdown, the rematch of the regular season win over the Packers, 38-10. And in this case, the Bucks having to go to Lambeau where the Packers had beaten the Rams a week ago. Of course, Tampa Bay off the win over rival New Orleans. And this aligned again with the 07 Giants because the 07 Giants had lost both regular season meetings to the Dallas Cowboys, then beat them in the playoffs in the divisional round in Old Texas Stadium. And then that giant team had to go to Green Bay to make the Super Bowl and beat the number one seeded Packers and Brett Favre. Well, here the Bucks beat the Saints last week in the divisional round. The team that had beaten them twice in the regular season and beaten them decisively and embarrassed them in the second game. But the Bucks bounce back, win that game in the Superdome, the reward go play the pack, the one seed, in the NFC Championship game. And the Buccaneers took the opening toss after the Packers deferred which, again, I can't for the life of me figure out why Green Bay didn't want the ball right off the bat, especially after what they've seen the Buccaneers do going down the field and scoring at the end of the regular season and in the two playoff games with the opening possession of the game. Why give Tom Brady the ball? But that is what they decided to do. They wanted to defer and have the ball first in the second half. Well, the Bucs immediately got a long one down the sideline to Mike Evans on a completion. It moved them into scoring range, and these the calls of Mean Gene, Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, and company on Buccaneers Radio. You're in the end zone right here. Brady has all kinds of time. Throws toward the end zone. It is a caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Mike Evans. What a way to start the football game in Green Bay, Wisconsin. The Bucs go right down the field. 15-yard touchdown, second straight week. Mike Evans with a touchdown catch. And the Buccaneers once again jump out on top and set the tone 7-0. They claimed it was around 9,000 fans at Lambeau. Uh, Folks, I'm here to tell you from people that were there and from seeing it on TV, hearing from the Buccaneer players and everybody on the sideline, it was probably closer to about 15 to 18,000 that were inside of Lambeau Field and maybe even more than that, depending on the suites, etc., uh, that were there that they let in for this game. It didn't matter, though. The Bucks silenced what few were there. And this would be a theme throughout the day, getting after Aaron Rodgers, just like the game in Tampa when there were five sacks. Here came the Bucks' pass rush on Sunday. Shotgun formation. Vita is in the ballgame for the first time since early October. Dropping back to throw is Rodgers. Rodgers flushed out. Of, he sacked at the 35-yard line. Shaq Barrett got him. It's going to be a common theme, that rush giving Aaron Rodgers all kinds of problems as as the sack happens there from Shaq Barrett in the first quarter. And then Jason Pierre-Paul here gets into the act. JPP, the veteran, he's got a lot of a playoff experience, a Super Bowl ring with the Giants. He went after Aaron Rodgers. Dropping again, Aaron Rodgers is under pressure. He goes down, loses the ball, but falls on it. A quarterback sack on the second series, and this time it's JPP. Time and again, the pass rush would be large, especially in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter of this game. Now, to the Packers' credit, they're able to finally get something going on a scoring drive uh, that actually moved the ball out towards midfield from their own end. It did not take them long. And uh, late in the first quarter of play, the Packers get on the board. 
Rogers dropping out of the gun, throwing to his right, throws a deep ball downfield. It's a, a caught ball, touchdown, Green Bay Packers. Buccaneer defender slips down, the ball, throw right on the money to Valdez Scantling. Marquez Valdez Scantling at full speed, full stride. And on third down and three, the Bucs are burned deep. That's a former USF Bull, Marquez Valdez Scantling with the 51-yard touchdown catch. He's blazing fast. He got behind uh, the secondary there on the long pass play from Aaron Rodgers. You knew they were probably going to make a pass play or two in this game. You're just glad that you got it over with early on in the game and try to contain them from there on out. But the Packers got the game evened up. Here's what was key after that is the Buccaneers hung tough, got a big completion to Chris Godwin, down the field after Godwin dropped the slant pass he caught a long one down the middle of the field from Tom Brady on a spectacular catch how many times have we seen him go up and get the football and that would eventually lead to a first down play here first down 10 bucks moving right hand off says a little stutter step by Fournette fights through a tackle gets a block on the right side and another block he's inside the 10 to the 5 3 2 1 touchdown Tampa Bay touchdown Buccaneers Fournette refused to go down Again, I know that I am kicking the Jacksonville Jaguars while they are down, but they deserve it for all the players they've given away over the last couple of years. Thank you. Thank you, Jaguars, for putting Leonard Fournette on the waiver wire on his rookie contract, very affordable, where the Buccaneers could grab him up and did uh, right off the waiver wire to come in and make that incredible run, breaking three different tackles, including diving between two guys to get in the pylon. All Fournette has done again is put a touchdown on the board in every Buccaneer game and make key contributions with catches, runs, pass blocks. Man, oh man, and the Bucs had to have an answer, got the answer to lead 14-7 to uh, in this one. All right, so the Packers got the ball back, and again, Rodgers at one point had completed 13 of his first 14 passes. They got a Mason Crosby field goal to make the game 14-10. to but once again, the Buccaneers would be opportunistic on defense, including a guy that continues to be a great ball hawk in Sean Murphy Bunting. The Packers from their 33-yard line again. Pressure, inside pressure, gets the pass away. It's intercepted ball, picked off by Sean Murphy Bunting. Interception, Buccaneers, the first takeaway of the ball game. What a great play by Sean Murphy Bunting, his third of the postseason. These the calls again of Gene Deckerhoff, the Hall of Famer, Murphy Bunting's third straight game with an interception. Never before has that happened for any Buccaneer player in any single postseason. Three picks in three consecutive games. Murphy Bunting's pick gets the Buccaneers some momentum late in the first half as the Packers were looking to score. Buccaneers very interestingly were around midfield, could have punted on fourth down, but instead with about 10, 12 seconds left, said, hey, let's go try to get the first down here. We don't want to punt. It's too long for a field goal. Brady completes to Leonard Fournette. The Bucks take the immediate timeout. Do you want to try about a 56, 57-yard field goal with Ryan Suckup? No. Instead, are the Buccaneers going to try to complete one more pass with a timeout left uh, to try to get closer on the field goal, or would they instead do this after converting on fourth down? Fournette, the running back, eight seconds, seven seconds, Brady to throw, throws a deep pass downfield, got Scotty Miller in the open, makes the catch, touchdown Tampa Bay, Scotty Scooter Miller, and Brady puts it right on the spot, Bucks score with no time left, or very little in the first half.
If that play looked familiar, it's because it was. Scotty Miller, 40-yard touchdown with a single second left in the half. What a bullet from Tom Brady because it's a similar route on a similar side of the field on the far sideline in the left corner of the end zone that Brady threw it to him in the Las Vegas Allegiant Stadium against the Raiders in that game. Perfectly thrown as uh, the Scotty Miller ran right by uh, Kenny King, the defensive back for the Packers, peeking in the backfield. What? I mean, you talk about Bruce Arians and the motto, no risk it, no biscuit. There it was at the end of the first half, knowing we need touchdowns. They go and get one. And the greatest of all time laid that ball in there. Stunning what the Bucks did late in the first half to the Packers to lead 21-10. And that would lead to the beginning of the second half and really the beginning of the end for Green Bay. Much like in the first meeting in October where they, they fell behind 28-10 at halftime and the Bucks had the ball coming out of the locker room to start the second half, the Bucks went right down the field and got a touchdown to put the game away in week six at 35-10, eventually winning 38-10 with 38 unanswered points. Here the Packers, as we mentioned, deferred. They got the ball to start the second half in their home stadium. And the Buccaneer defense once again uh, rises up. Takes the snap, looks. Four-man pressure, Rodgers dumps the ball off, caught ball, tack, oh, fumble football. It's loose, scooped up by the Buccaneers. It's Devin White to the 15, Devin to the 10, Devin White to the 8-yard line. Buccaneers have the football, if indeed it's a fumble. Big hit by Jordan Whitehead, cracking Aaron Jones, the running back for the Packers. And that enabled Devin White to pick up that football, as Gene called it here on Buccaneers Radio, and set up the Buccaneers to really put some serious distance between themselves and the Packers with that late first-half touchdown. They would do it in just one play after the turnover. Black and back, Brady. Those toward the end. Caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. It is Cameron Great. One play for Brady to do his thing. And Brady spikes the ball. And the Buccaneers lead 27 to 10. How about that? Uh, Tom Brady, Cameron Brate. That's been a great combination to see down the stretch of the season and in the playoffs. Uh, the Buccaneers now just on fire at this stage with that touchdown making it 28-10 and the Packers on the verge of being knocked out in their own building. But again, to Green Bay's credit, they hung in and eventually Aaron Rodgers got them back in the end zone with a touchdown pass to Robert Tanyan, driving them down the field fairly quickly in the third quarter. And then Tom Brady uncharacteristically here put this ball up for grabs in the third. Here's the snap, 50 backfield. Brady stands tall, throws a pass to the far sideline. It is intercepted. It's picked off. Picked off by Green Bay's Adrian Amos. And that time the Buccaneers go deep one time too many. Brady is picked off. First turnover by the Bucs of this game. The pick by Adrian Amos was the first in over 240 pass attempts on the road for Tom Brady, which was an all-time franchise record of the longest of his career for road games. Again, you've been playing a bunch of road games at the end of the regular season uh, in Atlanta and Detroit, and now three of them in the playoffs. He'd been so good and finally gave one up there. Didn't really see the safety coming over. We saw that interception two or three times in November against the likes of the Saints, the Monday night game with the Rams or the Chiefs uh, in, the, in the game, the Titanic first matchup with the Chiefs, where uh, he just doesn't seem to see the, the, the deep safety trying to go over the top, and the interception is made. But still, the Bucks were undaunted here by this. Yes, 
Aaron Rodgers got the Packers back in the end zone and back within uh, five at 28-23 with a touchdown to Devontae Adams. However, they did not get the two-point conversion on the missed two-point play. Brady ended up throwing another interception in the fourth quarter. Not really his fault on this one. The Bucs were driving again. Tyler Johnson made a big catch. You're, you're moving into scoring range. You're inside the red zone, and the ball off the hands of Mike Evans over the middle. Maybe a touch high, but certainly very catchable for a big-time receiver. And he did the worst possible thing, not only not catch it, but bat it in the air where a Packer defender could make the play. So that interception, a killer, because you not only don't get three points uh, to go back up by eight, you don't get the seven. He's likely going to walk in the end zone, Mike Evans, and it was a second down play. He's he's likely going to score. Instead, it's a pick, not Brady's fault on that one. Green Bay feeling life, Green Bay feeling momentum, but again, the Buccaneer defense would rise up on a third down play with Rodgers with the ball down by five. In motion, Lazard across the formation, shotgun set. Here's the snap. We put pressure on Pye, sacked back at the 13-yard line. Shaq Barrett has two today. Shaq Barrett again breaking free. How huge. I'm going to talk with Dave more about this when it's all said and done uh, here on on his conversation with me. Vita Vea getting the push up the middle along with Indomitian Sue, but Vea back in there, and the guys on the ends were just turned loose in this game. So Barrett gets his second sack. Packers forced to punt. Again, uncharacteristically, Tom Brady put a ball up for grabs on a third down, uh, lobbing it down the sideline. Mike Evans couldn't find it, and the Packer uh, was able to leap in and make the play uh, for a third interception of the second half there in the fourth quarter. But every time the Bucks turned it over, the Buccaneer defense would rise up again, bow their back, and say to Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to get seven points. The Bucs got 14 points off the two Packer turnovers. The only thing that the Packers could get were field goals, and in this case, they didn't even get that on the next possession. Aaron Rodgers with an empty backfield, three receivers right, two to the left. Bucks dig in, here comes the snap, and Brady under pressure. He is going to go down, he's sacked by Shaq Barrett again. Boy, Barrett got a great jump on the snap. Shaquille Barrett matching Warren Sapp with three sacks in a Buccaneer NFL playoff game for a record, and Sapp did it in Green Bay as well. January of 98, the 97 season, the January divisional round playoff game against Brett Favre. He got him on the ground three times. Shaq Barrett, my goodness. Again, the Bucs bring him in, give him the franchise tag after a 19-sack season last year. Didn't have as many sacks in the regular season this year, but uh, will you take one, two, three, the hat trick in the playoffs? I know I will on nothing but Bucks. Great stuff there. And then, uh, it really, the Buccaneers were able to bleed the clock and eventually get a Ryan suck-up field goal here to put them up by eight. A 46-yard field goal attempt by Ryan Sucka. Good spot. Kick is airborne. It is long enough, and it is right down Lombardi Avenue. It's good. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead 31-23. 31-23, the tally. Green Bay got the ball again with about four minutes left. Moved into scoring range, attempting to try to get a touchdown. Had a couple of cracks at the end zone on third and goal, second and goal, third and goal from the eight-yard line through incomplete, through incomplete. In result, Matt LaFleur, the second-year coach of Green Bay. He's been first guessed by this from the time he did it, all over social media, and then after the game, immediately everybody all over him about why did you kick the field goal down by eight when there was no guarantee you'd get the ball back. 
Uh, you're going to hear Dave and I talk about this very decision as well. He had all his timeouts. He had the two-minute warning, but they elect to kick the field goal. And the Bucks get the ball, and that would lead to one final opportunity. They had gotten one first down already. The Packers using their timeouts. The Bucks looking for one last first down here to be able to ice the game. Here's the snap of an end around to Godwin. Godwin running to the three. He's got the first down across the 40. Bucks are going to win this football game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a reverse play. Who would have guessed? Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians dial up the right play. Godwin, our leading receiver, he romps for the first down. And the Buccaneers have a fresh set with 27 seconds left. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be the first team ever to host a Super Bowl. The Bucs have punched their ticket to Super Bowl 55. How about that? The reverse to Chris Godwin. Is there anything this guy can't do? Making the tough catches, going vertical down the field, great blocker, tough catches over the middle. Just run the reverse. Go get the clinching first down. Thank you very much. A mid-round draft pick again that has come through for Jason Light's regime. Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich using him all over the field. And that was that for an historic moment again. Below freezing, didn't matter. Packer home game, number one seed, None of it mattered. In the end, Buccaneers 31, Green Bay 26, and on to Super Bowl 55 as the Bucs were able to run out the clock. So, again, I, I can't stress enough to you what Tom Brady has meant to this situation and to this team and how they've rallied around him. The defense certainly has played complimentary football the last couple of weeks. You've been able to run the ball, as this team did with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Again, a complete win for this Buccaneer team. And when it was done, let's go back to a happy postgame conversation that I had on our Hooters postgame show on Buccaneers Radio with the head coach. What is going through your mind right now for yourself, your staff, your football team, the whole organization? Coach, congrats. Thank you. We're still playing. That's their best part. And, uh, and we're playing in a big one uh, at home. And I uh, can't wait to, to get home and, uh, and see the excitement in the city. You got the turnover and the quick touchdown to start the second half on the pass to Cameron Braid. It's 28-10. Rodgers started making some plays. How and why did this team pull off the win in the fourth quarter on the road? Well, we did a good job offensively of just getting involved and turning it back deep in their territory or, or getting points. That field goal was huge. And uh, defensively, we clamped down, got a little tighter coverage, and, uh, and the pass rush took over. There are some moments that are going to be talked about from this game. Late in the first half, you were contemplating only about 10, 12 seconds left. Do we go for it on fourth down? Do we punt? What do we do? Take me through that decision-making process because it sets up an enormous touchdown to Scotty Miller. Yeah, I was just, you know, going through the scenarios in our head and uh, took a time out to calm it, calm it all down. And uh, we had a really good play we liked because I thought they'd be sitting on the field goal sticks. And, uh, you know, we great protection. As soon as we lined up, I knew we had a touchdown. As long as we had to make a throw and a catch. And, uh, and Scotty beat his guy and Tom made a great throw. Say some more about Tom Brady. I know there were a couple of interceptions in the second half, three of them in the second half of this game, but a lot of big-time throws from your quarterback, from your quarterback, who has now led this team to his 10th Super Bowl in his career. Say more about Tom Brady, if you will. They can't say enough. I mean, his leadership, his composure, when he came off the field after the, you know, and those deep ball interceptions are just as good as punts. So (coughs) just a matter of uh, getting back out there and making plays. 
From a defensive standpoint, you had to stop them a couple of times late in the game. You tightened it down and stopped them. Tell me more about that in the fourth quarter, if you would. Yeah, we tightened up our coverage, and uh, they were throwing all those dink and dunk screens and stuff. So we tightened up on that, and Shaq and JPP got off and, and really got after them. Again, Shaq Barrett ends up matching Warren Sapp with a buck playoff record, three sacks in this game. Can you describe, we can hear some of it in the background, what is this locker room like? What is it for you to be contemplating that you're going to the Super Bowl in Tampa? Well, it's been a great locker room. We had a blast out on the field, and uh, just to see the elation in everybody's eyes was was outstanding. And uh, it's a good good locker room. Everybody's fired up, but uh, we know we got one more. Getting to the Super Bowl isn't what it's about. It's about going there and winning. Okay, I'm going to play producer for a Hollywood movie. A coach is going to decide to come out of the broadcast booth and come back to coaching, and he's going to lure the Hall of Fame quarterback from another place where he's won six Super Bowls to come help him play. Uh, And then you end up having to go on the road three times. Hollywood stops buying this script, but it's real life. This really happened. You came back to coach. Tom Brady came here, and you won three road playoff games in a row to get the Super Bowl in your own stadium. It's, It's amazing, Coach. Yeah, it's, it's good copyright. Somebody will make money off of it, but uh, it doesn't matter if we lose. we got to come back. We'll get 36 hours to uh, to enjoy this one because we've got two weeks, and uh, and we'll get back to work and, and, uh, and try to win this Super Bowl. One more. We heard you say it on the field after the game, but say it again for the radio audience that maybe didn't hear it. To the fans of Tampa Bay who have lived through all that we have lived through, with uh, COVID-19 and quarantining, and now the Bucks come home to Tampa Bay to play in the Super Bowl. Say something to the Buck fans, if you would, Coach. Yeah, one more, baby. One more, and uh, and we plan on putting that trophy uh, back in our trophy case and putting rings on our fingers and, and having some hellacious parties uh, in, in Tampa Bay. Yes, Buck fans do enjoy it. As uh, Bruce Arians was saying there, at least for a day and a half or so, they'll enjoy it. you got a couple of weeks here before Super Bowl 55, and we now know it's a rematch with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, what a win. What a playoff run now. What what a run, period, as this team has run off seven straight wins off the bye week, off that loss to Kansas City and then the bye week, seven straight victories, eight straight wins overall on the road, three straight wins in the playoffs, and a big reason why is the future first ballot unanimous Hall of Famer. Can you say enough about Tom Brady? Tenth, tenth championship game win for him. Tenth Super Bowl appearance coming. How did this Buccaneer offense respond? How did he get it done? How did this team get it done? The media and Tom Brady right here. Tom, congratulations. I know your goal is to win the Super Bowl, but can you at least put in perspective this journey and the accomplishment you feel coming here in the first year and taking this team all the way to the Super Bowl? Well, it's been a great journey thus far. And, um, you know, we put the work in, and a lot of guys were um, just embraced everything that, you know, you know, really when Coach when Bia got here last year, you know, there was a lot of great things that were happening and a lot of great young players. And, um, you know, I just loved, you know, made the decision and, um, you know, love coming to work every day with this group of guys. And it worked really hard to get to this point. And um, it's a tough game. We've had a few tough games in a row. And um, the next one will be really tough too. But we know what we're playing for. And uh, we got two weeks to prepare. It's going to be a great opponent. And uh, be really exciting in a couple weeks for us. 
Tom, some people said that you were taking one of the biggest professional risks of your career by coming to Tampa Bay, a team that hadn't been to the postseason in over a decade, yet you guys are, you know, one of the last two teams standing. And um, just can you just put into words what it's meant to be able to defy all those critics and naysayers? Well, it's, a, you know, it's this is the ultimate team sport. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of people work really hard over a course of a period of time to get to this point. So, um, you know, it's a, uh, it's a tough journey to get here. So to go on the road and win a, you know, another road playoff game is a, just a great achievement. And, uh, you know, now home Super Bowl for the first time in NFL history, I think puts a lot of cool things in perspective. Anytime you're the first time doing something, uh, it's usually a pretty good thing. So now we just got to go, uh, you know, have a great two weeks, prepare for whoever it is and, you know, be ready to go. Um, you've talked about this team needing the defense and leading on the defense at times this season. How big did they step up in the fourth quarter to, to mitigate the turnovers to keep the Packers from doing more than they did? Yeah, they played incredible. I thought the defense was spectacular. And they've been that way, you know, all year. they got, you know, great front, great linebackers, play their butts off in the secondary. Um, some guys went down with injuries. Other guys stepped in. So it was an incredible effort by the defense. And what they did today was uh, was amazing against – Really an incredible offense. Hey, Tom, I, I know a lot of folks want to focus on how you feel about getting to this moment, but I wonder if you could maybe put into perspective what you think this means for Bruce after all these years, after stepping away from the game for a year to, to lead a team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm so happy for him. And um, absolutely. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's I think for me and my experience, um, it's not – you know, for me, I don't think about what it means for me. I do think about what it means for everyone else. And um, it's an amazing achievement for B.A. I'm so happy for him, the staff he put together, Coach Bowles, what Byron's done, um, what Keith's done. And, uh, you know, the whole coaching staff's put us in a great position to for us to go out there and do our jobs well. And, um, you know, it's taken a lot of different people over the course of the season on offense, defense, special teams to come through. And, you know, that's why we're still playing. There's going to be two teams left playing. We're going to be one of them. And, um, again, just an incredible journey for all of us and just proud to be a part of it. Tom, congrats on the win. When you look at um, at Bruce's decision, this is a guy whose motto is no risk it, no biscuit, to, to go for it on fourth and four rather than punt right before halftime. Speak to that and then your touchdown throw to Scotty Miller to really give you guys a big lead at halftime. Yeah, you know, I – B.A. Wants to, wanted to go for it. I liked the call and was, you know, I'm going to do whatever he asked me to do. And then, uh, you know, Byron dialed up a great play and we got behind the defense. We had a couple other opportunities, too. So, um, you know, it's just a great job by Scotty running a great route, getting open. And I just try to lay it, lay it out there for him for him to, to go grab it. Hey, Tom, we often hear from you about the process and one game at a time and, and never looking ahead. But when you think about scripting out these like fairy tale endings, I'm curious as to if you ever allowed yourself this season when you came over to the box and, and knew the Super Bowl was at home, how often, if at all, did you ever allow yourself to envision this scenario that you're in now? You know, I think uh, it's hard to envision, you know, this is a, a goal, but at the same time, it's a it's a week-to-week league. So, you know, we're at seven and five, seven games ago, not feeling great, you know, felt like, you know, we needed to find our rhythm and Played four great games down the stretch last quarter of the season. And then after that, it was just all bonus. And we just had to go play well. And we played well in Washington, uh, played well all the way around in uh, in New Orleans against a great football team, and then came up here knowing that we needed to play great. And uh, the guys came through, 
everyone stepped up to the challenge. And um, again, just a great football's ultimate team sport. And uh, it takes everybody and everybody plays a role. And uh, just so proud of this whole team. And again, just blessed to be a part of it. Um, what, what can you say about the pass protection uh, during the last three weeks in particular, starting with the uh, with the with the Washington team and uh, and their front four? I think the last 19 weeks, the pass protection has been amazing. Um, big guys up front have set the tone for us all year. And, you know, Ryan Cap, when he was in there, Stinney came in, did a great job. Allie's done a great job. Donnie's played incredible. Big Tristan's done incredible. Joe Haig's come in. Um, so everybody who's been out there is is doing a great job. And, um, again, when they're playing good, it's, you know, we're great in the run game and, you know, really solid in the past game and and uh you know we're gonna need we're gonna need another great week of it boy talk about keeping it in perspective that is exactly what tb12 is doing and so many times he went to a guy in a key situation scotty miller at the end of the uh, first half with that long bomb rob gronkowski we didn't have it in the highlights only had one catch but it was a a great misdirection fake it to the left reverse around and throw the tight end screen to the right with blockers gronk ends up getting a huge 30 yard gain after the catch uh, tyler johnson again finds him with a bb uh and, and a great catch cameron braid on a touchdown catch mike evans on a touchdown catch chris godwin on some big time throws I mean, Brady's spreading the ball around to all these weapons. Leonard Fournette out of the backfield, on and on. Uh, and it's confirmed now, folks. I realize it's Buccaneers official podcast here. Uh, if there's, if there was anyone left doubting whether it was Tom Brady, more so than anything else in New England, they are home with a losing record. And Tom Brady improved the Buccaneers by four wins to to 11 victories, from seven to 11 victories from one year to the next, got them in the playoffs, and now not one, not two, but three road playoff wins. You had only one true road playoff win in franchise history before these three wins. That was the Eagles-NFC title game. Of course, the Raiders win in the Super Bowl is a neutral site in San Diego. Is there any, there is no more debating about what the most important component has been in New England. And now you're a step away from a Super Bowl championship, and what a fairy tale Hollywood ending that that would be, if that is the case. So anyway, there was Tom Brady. Shaq Barrett, another, speaking of uh, epic championship games and ones that will be memorable, Shaq Barrett got after Aaron Rodgers over and over again. He spoke about his individual play, but most of all, the overall defense, which held firm in the fourth quarter of this game with stop after stop, including the Packers not getting a touchdown late in the game and and going ahead and electing to kick the field goal. Here was Shaq Barrett when things were done Sunday night at Lambeau Field. Shaq, you guys were shorthanded at safety, and and they made a comeback, obviously, but how big was the pressure you guys were able to mount with, with your three sacks in particular? Oh, it was a big force. We knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to give us a chance to get to him, and he was going to try to make the big play. So our secondary did a great job holding him, uh, holding him up, like taking away his first, second read, and we was able to get there. Shaq, you guys have said all year that you want to be the side of the ball that gets to close out wins. If you can just talk about what this fourth quarter was like, getting them off the field and closing out this win. Oh, it was big for us. We knew that there's no better time to be great. There's no better time to – be the defense that we want to be than right now. <clears throat> so we just took the challenge. We know our offense was going to do what they needed to do. And uh, when we need help, they bail us out. When they need help, we bail them out. And it's, uh, that's why we playing so good right now. We're just working good together. And we in sync for the most part. 
Hey, Shaq, congrats. Um, can you just speak to the impact that Vita Vea had on you guys today up front? Oh, Vita's a big impact. We most definitely miss Vita. He, uh, on the first sack, he, he, like, the quarterback was trying to go to where Vita was at, but he couldn't because Vita was right there, and he flushed him right to me, and it worked out perfectly. So, like, just from that, not even a run defense. Run defense, he's a real important piece in there. Nobody, wherever Vita's at, he's going to take the next gap next to him on both sides and maybe one more gap. So, we most definitely missed him in there. Hey, Shaq, congrats on that win. You've uh, been to the Super Bowl before, and you've won it, but – not in your home stadium. Talk about coming home to play in the Super Bowl at Raymond James Stadium. It's crazy that we're the first team to do it, making history. But uh, <clears throat> that's not like where it's, history has to end. We could be the first team to win it as well. Yeah. And uh, that's the key. We've got to get back ready to work. But just oh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's never been done before. And we've done it. Uh, it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm happy that everybody who's on this uh, organization is a part of it. we got some great guys here and everybody. I just love it here. I love them, and I'm happy that we're doing it together. Shaq, uh, how surprised were you that they tried to kick a field goal late? Is that kind of like the sign of the ultimate respect for your defense? <laughs> hey, I, I couldn't believe it, honestly, because there's no guarantee that they're going to make it back down there again. Even if they was on fourth down, they might as well try but uh i know uh, offense pretty they've been amazing in four minute offense this year not giving the team back the ball so i had all the utmost confidence in them but uh i know they if he could take it back he probably wouldn't do that next time but i appreciate it offense did their job we did our job and we came up with the one hey Shaq, we can't obviously be in the locker room this year but can you just take us inside what what's it like in there right now the emotions for all you guys the energy is crazy. <laughs> like everybody's so excited. This is a lot of people first playoff trips this uh this year. Not yeah, uh, not to mention going to the Super Bowl is an amazing feeling in there. It's, it's the goal of every year, every season, and we finally able to uh be where we want to be at the end of the year. We just gotta finish it now. Hey Shaq, the secondary begins the game without Winfield, then they lose Whitehead. Could you just talk about how the young guys back there stepped up when when they needed to? Oh, our guys, they are all ready to play. They all in practice. They all in there getting reps, and we could count on them at any second, any moment, any play in the game, and that's what you saw out there tonight. They was uh, in there. They was affecting the game, making plays, and they was ready to step up. It wasn't no fall off, no plays, like, between them and the guys that's ahead of them, and that's what we need on our team to continue to be successful from the first man to the last man. Yes, indeed. Defense wins and wins impressively 31 31- 26 for this Tampa Bay Buccaneer team now in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 55 coming in two weeks on February the 7th. Incredible. Incredible what it has all now lined up to be with this Buccaneer team. Just I, I said this numerous times on this podcast. Just get into postseason and take your chances. And everybody going, well, you're playing. Oh, you're playing a Washington football team with a losing record. Guess what? It still counts as a playoff win. Go win. Stay alive. Be in the tournament. And everybody, everybody all over the place that doubted this team uh, going to New Orleans and going to Green Bay, they ain't doubting them anymore after these two performances. Good gracious. Completely outplaying the Saints in the second half in their building and completely outplaying the Packers basically for four quarters. Not, Not total domination, but never trailing in the game. The Packers did get it tied 7-7, but certainly at 28-10, it was on the verge of being another blowout. And Green Bay, to their credit, hung in. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Hall of Famer, but man, he is smarting with another championship game loss. He is fourth in a row since making the one Super Bowl a decade ago 
Four losses now for Aaron Rodgers in the title game. And Tom Brady goes back to the Super Bowl, oh, for a tenth time by doing it. You knew Green Bay was going to make plays and, and have a chance. Uh, but you didn't give them enough of a chance because you made more plays, the Buccaneers, in the fourth quarter of the game with the game on the line on both sides of the ball to get it done. All right, enough of me for right now. Let's get some more insight. Our longtime radio analyst Dave Moore with me here. I wanted to talk with him about so much. Uh, again, uh, Dave with Gene Deckerhoff has done such a great job for a decade and a half now in the broadcast booth. So close as a player in the 99 NFC Championship game. You're going to hear him talk about that. His analysis on what happened in Green Bay and much more right now. Yes, indeed. Been looking forward to get some more breakdown. And who better to help me than our longtime analyst on Buccaneers Radio. Love me some 83. Dave Moore, 15 years in the NFL, 13 (laughs) with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My friend, it has happened. We are taping this on Sunday night right after the Buccaneers' victory in the NFC Championship game. They are in the Super Bowl for the second time ever, and it's the first time ever a team will play in their home stadium in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55. Uh, Okay, I've said enough for the moment. Uh, Give me some thoughts as we try to process this. Welcome in, sir. Well, welcome. And, you know, besides being the color analyst, I've been your partner in that uh broadcast now for finishing 14 years going on 15 so <laughs> i've enjoyed it you've helped me a ton and uh i tell you what you know it was it's really it was great to see because you and i started with brady in the very first game uh lack of preseason lack of off season they sign them everybody immediately assumes they're going to go to the super bowl and they come out and they lose the first game and you you brought this up today uh, I don't remember if it was on the air or off the air, but, you know, he, he comes in and he's like, listen, this is going to be a work in progress. You know, you got a new offense coordinator, new head coach, all new receivers, new offensive line, new everything. And he says, you know, we're going to work hard. We're going to, we got to build chemistry. We got to build trust. We got to learn each other. We got to know what's going on. And he would say that after every week, whether it was a win or a loss, over the last several weeks, especially after the bye week, you know, you're looking to say, wow, this is actually happening. You can see it coming together. You can see them improving. You can see the chemistry with quarterback and receiver on the same page. And then to go out there tonight and put it together against, a, you know, a team that they beat earlier in the year, but you knew that the Bucks got on them early the first time they played and Aaron Rodgers with the best offense in the league. And they're in the top 10 in pretty much every category, both offense and defense. It was going to be a tough task, but they went out there and they got it done today on the road uh, in Green Bay. And, and, you know, what a credit to the football team. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, so a fun one because this is what we do. I'll put the menu in front of you. You can have the fourth noun call at the end of the first half where you get the first (laughs) down on the pass to Fournette and it leads to the bomb to Scotty Miller for a touchdown, a full seven points instead of three or maybe none. Maybe you believe the biggest moment is getting the second-half turnover in the first minute and a half and and one player in the end zone with Cameron Braid. Or maybe you want to go to the fourth quarter uh, and a couple of huge defensive stops, including not allowing Green Bay to get the potential tying touchdown and two-point conversion they settle 
for a field goal that is still on Sunday night being debated in Green Bay, all of Wisconsin and all over the NFL, why Matt LaFleur didn't go for it on fourth and long and kicked a field goal and they never got the ball back. Is there one? Do you want like two off my menu that you think were the biggest turning point? You can have whatever you want. You 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 are the man. You can have whatever you want. What do you want? I, w- I want E, all of the above. Do I have that option? Yes, you can, um, you can have no, that I think, too. I think the biggest thing was, actually, I think even before that, the fumble, because we always talk about it in big games with very good football teams, turnovers and the turnover ratio normally defines who the winner is going to be, right? It's going to define the outcome of the game. And that very first fumble where the Bucks went down and they scored a touchdown got ahead. But from your menu, I think the, the end of the first half, to go for it um, on fourth down, get it, and then take that shot down the field, uh, knowing that Green Bay was going to get the ball in the second half to get that extra touchdown with the Scotty Miller, that was special. I mean, I see Scotty Miller do that. He's a guy that isn't a guy that they feature all the time, but for him to step up, use his speed like that, get that separation, and then Tom Brady drop it over the top. But there was a, there was a number of big plays in the game, and they needed to make every one of them to win. So So, you know, when you look back at it, you and I talk about when we analyze these things, there are defining moments in a game. In this one, there were several that the Bucks had to come through on. Otherwise, there would have been a different outcome. But I picked the one going into the second half. Now, when you, when you talk about, yeah, I even mentioned on the air, I was surprised he chose to go for the field goal, knowing that he may or may not get the ball back, and he didn't. Well, and he had the two-minute warning. He had all three of his timeouts. So I understand some of that mentality where if I can get the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hands at home with the game on the line, touchdown wins, that's what I I want. But they never got the ball back, 83. Right. Exactly right. And and you know what? And I think because the Bucs just came to the line of scrimmage and both of those defensive linemen jumped off sides, I said it on the air. I think yeah. they did that on purpose, not to burn one of their three timeouts to stop the clock, get in the first down, because it was only, what was it, second and two, second and one? You know, so if they do that, you know, you got to burn a timeout before they get, before the Bucks would have gotten the first down. So they just gave it to them to save the timeout, hoping that they can stop them in three downs, get off the field, and get the ball back. But, you know, we've seen Tom Brady so many times, I shouldn't say Tom Brady, but the Bucks offense on several occasions this year get the ball back inside of four minutes and not give it back to the other team. And, uh, and that's exactly uh, what they were able to do tonight. And that's why I was surprised they didn't go for a fourth down when they really, you know, they needed a touchdown and a two-point. And if they didn't get it, they still might have had some time, you know. But, you know, fortunately – the defense stepped up big in some key situations. You know, Bucks turned it over three times uh, with interceptions on three drives in a row, but they only gave up six points. They didn't give up any yep. more than that on the other two. They forced punts, and, you know, that's what you talk about. I mean, you know, when you look at how the Bucks got 14 points off of turnovers, but Green Bay only got six off of the turnovers they got from the Bucks. 
Incredible stuff. Couple more moments here. I promised Dave Moore I would not keep him a long time here, but hey, why not? The Bucks haven't been in the Super Bowl in 18 years, second time ever, so we're getting some instant analysis off the game broadcast. Now on to the Nothing But Bucks podcast from Dave. Vita Vea, I was talking about this earlier. I want your thought. Mm. His impact in the middle, not only stopping the run, not only clogging the middle for the pass rush, but isn't it directly related to what JPP and Shaq Barrett were able to do on the outside? Tell me more, please. Absolutely. And, and you know, we missed this for a long time. You had a guy like Gerald McCoy for a long time that would get penetration in the middle, but you didn't have the edge rushers like you have now with Shaq Barrett, JPP. So quarterbacks would escape left and right. But now you have these great edge defenders and Vita Vea, gets pushed every time. And, and I think he's, you know, underrated as an inside guy because he gets a lot of pressure, but he doesn't have the numbers for sacks. But what was happening was Rodgers could not step up in the pocket because Vita Vea was pushing the center straight back. And at Pro Bowl center, by the way, he was pushing him straight back. So Rodgers couldn't step up. And as he tried to escape one side or the other is when he was getting sacked. And the fact that Barrett had three of them and Jason Pierre-Paul had two, I mean, these guys stepped up and they had the help because the quarterback couldn't escape up into the pocket because Vita Vea was back. Now, he didn't play a ton of snaps, but you give him two more weeks after playing the game, getting a little bit better, you know, he, he could potentially be a big factor and a big help uh, when they're going to need him uh, in a couple weeks couple more moments here. Again, I feel uh, thrilled for the Buccaneer fans, for the entire organization. Uh, say some more about Bruce Arians. Uh, as I interviewed him, and we played the interview just a little while ago, he came out of retirement wanting to coach the Buccaneers. They, he and Jason Light, convinced Tom Brady to come here when Brady had multiple choice of where he could have gone and how all of this lines up. Uh, ju- just say something from the perspective of a former player who's now an analyst with us about how this has now worked out in two seasons. It has worked out that the team is in the Super Bowl because of the moves that have been made. And, and of course, you can talk about other moves, draft picks, free agency, but those are the two biggest ones that everybody's going to hone in on here, and rightfully so. Right. Hey, right. And, and the biggest thing after last season was they made a step in the right direction. So what did they say before they went into the offseason? we got to get Shaq Barrett back. We got to get Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul back. We got to get Dom Sue back, right? We got to get those guys. We got some young defensive backs that played well the second half of the year uh, last year, and they stepped up and they were making big plays. So what are we going to do on offense, right? So you go out and get Brady. You got Gronkowski. I mean, that's that's big, and that's Jason Light along with Bruce Arians. But Bruce Arians tonight when they put him up on the stage and they gave him the, the NFC championship trophy, I don't remember the name of it. Gene would be able to say he came, he came up. I think his, it's what, the, actually, the I think it's the trophy? George Hallis. I think it's the Hallis trophy for the NFC. That exactly. double that's check. right. Yeah. That's right. That, no, that's right. Because Gene was all happy. He remembered the name of it, but um, he got up there and that was the most excited and the most emotion I've seen out of him. You and I watch his, uh, you know, post-game and, and mm-hmm. weekly interviews all the time. And he's very all about business. You know, he, he's, you know, this is what we got to do. This is how we're going to get done. The biggest thing, though, to get a guy like Tom Brady 
and to get Gronkowski and to get these veteran guys to come in, they got to respect you, right? So when you get to this level, there there is a respect for the coaches you play for. You want to play for guys. When you're in college, you're going to go play. You're going to play as hard as you can play because you're trying to get to the pros. But once you get to the pros, the guys that really respect the coaches they play for and they enjoy playing for the teams that they play for, the guys that perform better. And you can tell that this entire football team, whether or not you understand the humor that with, without any emotion that Bruce Arians, you know, gives you in his weekly interviews and his, his press conferences and things like that. I mean, he is uh, a guy that knows the game very well. He's been around it forever and the guys that play for him respect him and they play hard for him. And, and that says a lot about the head coach because, you know, there's, there's some head coaches out there that, you know, guys don't necessarily uh, give everything they got just because they don't necessarily believe in, in the guy they're playing for. But this, this Bruce Arians is a guy that every team he's ever coached on, guys play like extremely hard for him. No doubt about that. Um, all right, I'm going to leave it with this. Are, are you ready? Gene has done this before in San Diego. Dave, I was there but not on the radio broadcast. Uh, I was there in the upper deck in the end zone of, uh, of old Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego. Gene was on the call. Ronnie Lane was on the sideline, our pregame and postgame uh, host extraordinaire on Buccaneers Radio. You are going to call Super Bowl 55 from Raymond James Stadium in a couple of weeks. I, I again, would love your take as we all digest this because you're in, a, you're in a unique situation. You're going to be the analyst on Buccaneers Radio for a Super Bowl home game coming up for the Bucs, and we now know it's the Kansas City Chiefs uh, that will be the opponent in a rematch. But what, what about that for you personally and professionally? Well, listen, I, I, I love the opportunity. I love the game. I love the chess match of the game. And, and it's going to be a challenge for the Bucks. I mean, the last time Kansas City was here, uh, Tyreek Hill had 200 <laughs> yards in the first quarter. So so when, when you look from an analyst standpoint, we got some work to do. We are beginning, are we not, but, right there. We're beginning right there with that, are we not? I think we are. We are, and listen, I mean, this is, you play the game to play in this particular game at that level. You know, I got close. I was at the NFC Championship game in 99 with the Rams, and I was in Buffalo for uh, the 2002 Super Bowl for the Bucks. And my son was rooting for the Bills tonight because he wanted it to be a Bucks and a Bills Super Bowl. But um, I tell you, you know, they, it's going to be a tough challenge, but when you look at, this Buccaneer football team, they're not the same team they were back then. So uh, the defense is going to have to come through big, and the offense is not going to have the luxury of making many mistakes against this uh, Kansas City football team. But um, but it's a great opportunity. I mean, we all play to, to play in the best games, and, and you and I are going to have the opportunity to uh, broadcast the best of the best. 
Uh, it, and what more can you ask for? It is unreal in a 2020 year again, where the Tampa Bay Lightning have won the Stanley Cup. How about that? Last and then fall, the Rays, the Rays make the World Series, and the Buccaneers now are going to play in the 2020 season, the 2021 finish to the season in the Super Bowl in their own home stadium. Euphoria for Tampa Bay sports fans over and over and over again, Dave. We can't say it enough. Well, uh, yeah, and the only bad part is I feel terrible for all the fans that would have been all these games and had them all packed. But they are getting to watch them, and they are still supporting their team. And when we left the stadium tonight, <laughs> I didn't leave the same time you did, but all the horns and the flashing and everything going on, people are extremely excited about it, and I'm happy for them. There is no doubt the town will be even more on fire than it is on this Sunday night as we're taping nothing but bucks over the course of the next two weeks. We'll get there over the course of the next two weeks and see what happens on February 7th inside of Raymond James Stadium in the Bucks and the Chiefs rematch. Dave Moore, thank you. You have put in a long day. I appreciate the extra effort to be with me here on the podcast because we're oh, in – we're, hey, for you, buddy. We are in uh, debt to the fans. We love the fans. We're doing this for the fans, and I appreciate you making the extra effort uh, as we give the fans more of what they want. It ain't every day that we come in and talk about we're in the Super Bowl. So (laughs) thank you for hopping on. Dave, great stuff. (laughs) Hey, have a good one. I'll talk to you this week. Love getting to break it down with that man. Amazing Sunday night at Lambeau Field as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the Green Bay Packers and they are in Super Bowl 55 by virtue of what happened 31-26 on Sunday, January the 24th. Just incredible to watch all of this take place. Um, and again, feel good for everybody. The Hall of Famer Gene Deckerhoff, 30-plus years on the mic, will call another Super Bowl in this bizarre COVID 2020 year with uh, very few fans in the stands, not traveling on the road on Buccaneers Radio. We will get to broadcast one more time out of Raymond James Stadium for this matchup with the Chiefs, who were winners again on Sunday night. Kansas City will defend their title that they won a year ago in Miami. They will come north and to the west of Miami, coming in from Kansas City, west central Florida, back into Raymond James Stadium where they won the regular season matchup, and a lot will be made of that, the November matchup and the win over the Buccaneers where Tyreek Hill, as Dave was alluding to, destroyed the Buccaneers secondary in that first matchup. Bucks had chances in the second half trying to get back in the game. Kansas City was just better, as it turns out. Now the Bucs have gotten their act together. They haven't lost since. Seven straight wins since that defeat at the hands of the Chiefs. And the Chiefs even showed some vulnerability in the AFC title game on Sunday night, falling behind 9-0 early on. But to their credit, they came roaring back at home. This will not be at home. This will, for the first time ever, be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers home, Raymond James Stadium, in the 55-year history of the Super Bowl. They have never played it at a team's actual home site. As we mentioned last week, the Rams played at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. 1979 season, beating the Buccaneers, by the way, in the NFC title game, 9 to nothing in Tampa. Then came to play in the Rose Bowl against the Steelers January of 1980. And the Steelers won. So it was in the same greater Los Angeles area in Pasadena, but not the same stadium, not the not the Rams stadium in Anaheim, the big A in Anaheim. Uh, and then the uh, San Francisco 49ers, also five years later, 1984 season, 
played in Palo Alto, California, about 30 minutes to the south of San Francisco in Stanford University Stadium, beating the Miami Dolphins, Dan Marino's only Super Bowl. So again, that was in the region, but not their stadium. This is Raymond James Stadium right next to the Buccaneers Advent Health Training Facility, a.k.a. One Buck. You're, you've been looking at all of the Super Bowl banners going up on the side of the stadium out of the Bucks facility, out of the Bucks practice field, and now here it is. In two weeks on February 7th, B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S, go Bucks in the Super Bowl uh, that will be talked about for years and years and years to come, a rematch between one of the all-time greats, if not the greatest player to ever go under center and fire passes in the NFL, Tom Brady, against the young gun, the new star trying to go back-to-back, Patrick Mahomes. Dare we mention for the first of several times, the last time that Brady and Mahomes hooked up in the postseason, New England Patriots, for what it's worth, won in Kansas City in overtime with Brady leading the way. This will be different. This is his Tampa Bay teammates. I know Kansas City won the regular season game. New Orleans won two regular season games against this team. This is a different team right now, a dangerous team, especially with the defense coming on for this upcoming matchup, especially if they don't turn the ball over at home and can get a stop or two of Patrick Mahomes. Look out. More on that in the analysis and the buildup. For now, savor it, enjoy it, Buccaneer fans, wherever you are. My thanks to Dave Moore, who was just with me. My thanks to Steve Carney helping me with highlights and the interviews. Our director of broadcasting, Jeff Ryan, has done a fantastic job all year long. Gene Deckerhoff on the calls as well on Buccaneers Radio. We thank you for being with us here as part of the Nothing But Bucks podcast in the Sunday night aftermath of an NFC title win, the second in franchise history goes to your Tampa Bay Buccaneers on January 24th of 2021. The 2020 season, 18 years apart. You win again on the road in the freezing cold. So much for that to go back to the Super Bowl. And we all know what happened 18 years ago. And again, I repeat, the last three teams to win all three road games with momentum in the same playoffs. Steelers 05, Giants 07, Packers 2010. They all won the Super Bowl. Let's see what's going to happen for this matchup, this rematch with Mahomes and the Chiefs. Again, plenty of time to get to that one. For now, we are done. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast via Apple Podcast on the Buccaneers mobile app. However you found us through Buccaneers.com, a social media link. Just subscribe. It comes automatically to you. We're done for now. The Bucs have done it. They've beaten Green Bay. They're in Super Bowl 55. And I love talking all about it with you on Nothing But Bucks.